Everyone, it is Dave and Jeff. It is March 26, 2020, and look at that. We're going to have a good day. Uh, it's going to be a great day, Dave, and it's funny. I was driving down here today, and I was thinking back to about two years ago. I think it was about two years ago, give or take a couple of weeks, when our next guest was on the show for the first time and thinking about how many things have changed. We were doing that show from Bubba's Garage. I still lived in my house, and uh, there are a bunch of other things that happened, but let's bring her in right now. What a blast to have our friend Lisa Ann back. Hey, Lisa, how are you? I'm great, guys. I just wanted to come back on the show because we're at this time of kind of total standstill, and it's time for all of us who are inspired and creators to just kind of be there for each other and for our listeners and for our friends. Yeah, no, it sure is. And, Lisa, here's one of the main things that has changed in the last two years you no longer live in california you live in new york city and when people watch what's going on in the news day in and day out man i i've said it a thousand times it's my favorite place in the world toronto's a close second but when i look at what's going on in new york from back here it's stunning to see for somebody that lives there lisa can you talk about what it's like day to day and the impact that it's had on your city Well, I will say since about Friday, March 13th, the city was pretty much a ghost town. Uh, Once this got serious, we know in the NBA it was uh, March uh, 11th, Um, what people did was either went out to the Hamptons, went back to visit their families, uh, businesses were already slowing down, but mainly it's these big office buildings and residents in the city. And so when the residents leave and the office buildings are now having everybody work from home that used to come in from out of town, the movement was like, it was like overnight, it was just still. And I'm really refraining from watching the news at this point because now what we're getting is we're getting a skewed outlook of what's really going on. And what we're having here is just more people are getting tested. There's a greater population in a smaller area. But I will say the New Yorkers really stepped up right away. And before social distancing was even enforced, where it was you could only get takeout, uh, you know, a lot of restaurants closed, the gyms closed, most people weren't going anywhere. I got to tell you something. Restaurants were closing before that because they already realized it was going to cost them more to have their staff there than it was in the money that they were going to make in a business. New Yorkers do not play. So it's been very comforting to know that anybody that is out is walking with gloves and a mask, is being very cognizant of their space. Um, it's, it's Everyone's kind of pitching in. I even took a trip to the park last week and wanted to walk around and see some people out with their dogs. And, you know, people out with their dogs riding their bikes, walking, everyone kept a distance. It's a lot quieter. I feel like everyone's looking at each other with just a little bit of fear. There's a lot of unknown, but people still want to enjoy the city. And part of enjoying the city is is when there's a nice day. We don't have them every day like you do in California. So when there's a nice day, everybody goes out. So it's nice to see people still living a bit. Um, The panic on the news is so intense. And what we're seeing is also in areas like Midtown, it's a tourist trap. And when there's no tourists, hotels right now are at a 3% occupancy. Well, then there's no one walking around going to Rockefeller Center. I actually shot some video footage today out riding a city bike. And, I mean, I got to ride in the middle of a really busy street. (laughs) I would never get on on a bike ever unless it was these conditions. I'll, I'll ride a bike in the park, but I'm not about the traffic and the taxis. And So it's very still. 
but it's a very comforting feeling seeing the cops everywhere, um, seeing how the doormen are actually taking care of us, gloves, notices every day, any new things we need to look for. They haven't been allowing any guests or deliveries upstairs up to our floors since Friday the 13th. It was if somebody's coming for you, you meet them in the lobby, or if you're getting food delivered, you come down to get it because they just want to limit the exposure in the elevators. Um, so I have found it to be a weirdly comforting place to be, even though the news blows it up to make it seem like every one of us has it. So for the people that don't know, you left California because your role with Sirius increased. And with Sirius Radio and you doing shows on a regular basis there, are you still doing shows from, from the radio station? Or are you doing it from, from home like everyone else is working from home? I'm doing all my shows from home, and Sirius was very forward-thinking and really started. I, I've had my comrades, the ability to do shows from home, uh, which I did in L.A., which I could do here, but I love the energy of the studio. I love seeing other people coming and going. I love that that inspiration you get from other hosts. So that is, you know, really why I want to be here. But as soon as these things even started to be a conversation, I was doing my shows at home from the second week in March on. Uh, they were really trying to limit people in the building, uh, still having a lot of celebrities coming in and out. The less staff that was there was better. They had hand sanitizer, like, everywhere. Um, but they took it very seriously. Probably, you know, it didn't really impact me, guys, until it hit the NBA. And I know that probably sounds immature, but because we've been getting so much kind of bad and, and kind of not transparent information, no one really knows. This is an evolving virus that we're learning about, right? But they're telling us at first it was really affecting older people. So I think I don't ever want to consider myself old. So like, And I'm like really healthy. I work out. When Rudy Gobert, you know, tests positive and now the NBA is shut down, all of a sudden I resunk the whole thing, guys. I was like, okay, whoa, pump your brakes haven't left my house with anybody or had anyone in my house since i've been self-isolating since that night you know what's funny about that night too lisa is that was the night not only rudy gobert but within about half hour we got rudy gobert then you got tom hanks and rita wilson and it feels like there was somebody else and you're so right because i feel like when people look back at this and we talk about where were you this is i've said to my sons i'm like hey man we have it, your grandparents have it for where were they for Kennedy, Dave and I have it, and Lisa, you have it, where were we on 9-11? And I said to Jack and Kate, I said, this is your where were you moment you will remember. But that was mm-hmm. the time sitting, just grabbing them dinner and in a local sandwich shop, and the TV was on, and they announced Rudy Gobert, and on your phone you saw Tom Hanks, and I know exactly what you mean. I think there are a lot of you that are in a lot of us that were where you were. We're like, oh, man, we got to pay attention to this. But life goes on. And all of a sudden at that point, boom, boom, those two things. And we're like, yeah, things are about to escalate quickly. Hey, I, I love New York City. And I was there doing this radio show right after 9-11. And what was crazy about being in the city was it felt incredibly quiet. Uh, the most quiet that it's ever been for any of my time. And the people were incredibly nice to each other, which didn't make it feel like New York City either. Lisa, has the personality of the city changed, or do you still get the, hey, fuck you, when people are on the street that makes you remi- uh, remind you you're still in New York? I think 9-11 changed New Yorkers forever. Uh, I think they're some of the most resilient people I've ever come in cross contact with. You know, the, the amount of... Tr- 
commuting alone in the process of the trains and the subways and what people do to come in and work in this magical city that don't live here, and then the people that live here that just celebrate this city by packing restaurants every night and going to the park every weekend, there's still a roller skating community in the center of Central Park every Saturday, and it is a bunch of, like, the most eclectic people and a DJ and they set up, and there's this group, and there's like 50 people, and you can bring your rollerblades, you can join it if you want, but it is some of the best people watching in the world. It is just a really eclectic bunch, and I think because we have, the city has experienced something so great, and because it's such a small place with so many people, they are definitely more prepared and more willing to take that step that they're told. As soon as this was about potentially social distancing, I could look out my window and count one person down the street every five minutes. And normally I see 500 people in five minutes. You know, sports, obviously, in in San Diego, we rely on opening day and the excitement that the Padres were going to have today in their opener against the Rockies. But New York, obviously with the Yankees, not only having a great team, but, I mean, there's so many things with New York sports where you talk about the history and how great it is. What's it like as far as for you doing a show that is around sports, but now all of a sudden you don't have sports to to deal with on a regular basis or hot topics to talk about? And and what's it like in the city knowing this was going to be a big year for the the Yankees and, and possibly your New York Mets? You know, sports people are sad. This has affected the sports people in my life, including myself, in a different way. We might not know as many good TV shows, guys. I think you probably feel the same way. We watch a lot of the same stuff, but we don't know TV shows like the rest of the world does because we can fill those gaps with games, whether it's baseball, basketball, football. I watch golf. I was devastated that I wasn't going to get to see sit and listen to birds chirping every weekend moving forward. You know, this is generally I listen to golf, I watch golf, and I study fantasy baseball. This is what I do this time of the year. Um, It's been sad, but, you know, what's funny is our last real week of sports here, we had just another James Dolan (laughs) moment, you know, with Spike Lee. And I got to tell you, there's nothing more exciting and being in that city and getting to talk about those shenanigans on the air because you get callers and everybody's so passionate about it. You're like, thank you, James Dolan, for giving us a little life support right now, which he did. Um, but it's stagnant, right? But most of most of the people here who are homeschooling right now, they're in a different predicament than people in other places. We live in smaller places than you do in California or in other states. There's, you know, two-bedroom apartments with a family with two kids and and they're having to, and their dog and they're having to stay in all day and homeschool and work from home. Those are the people that I think miss sports the most. You know what was cool is I, I mentioned at the top that the first time Lisa was on the show was two years ago. And it was 2018 and spring of 2018. And, and Lisa, I, I think I've shared this with you, but we, we kind of knew going in having you on was a little different than the people that grew up with this show were used to. But the day after we got so much positive response, but you know, the positive response came from our female demographic. It came from our female audience who said, Hey, you know what? I went in, I expected frat boy radio and man, what an incredible story of a self-made woman who has lived a full life and continues to find new and exciting experiences. And it was awesome. And the friendship blossomed. 
Next thing you know, you were down here on August 1st for our event. We've done suicide walks and Alzheimer's walks. But one of the things that was very fun that we talked a lot about that night was your book, The Life, which I would highly recommend. I had a blast reading it. But there had been talk, is there now that you have more time on your hands than we all expected, where are you at on book two? Because I know you had talked about doing it. Is it close to being ready to go? It's 80% ready to go, and I'm just kicking myself, laughing at myself right now because I have found myself staying so busy during this downtime, whether it's been reaching out to people and doing interviews or whatever. Like I took apart an office closet yesterday, kind of settling some stuff in since I moved in, got right to my life in December. I was like, oh, this is a good time to kind of like – really move in, right? Go through some things. I'm 80% there with this book. There is absolutely no reason why I shouldn't be able to finish it before this is over, but I have to laugh. I turned on the news by accident for five minutes, and I walked away, and I was getting something I could hear, it, and I heard Trump say that, like, this was ending soon, and I had to run over <laughs> and turn it off because I'm like, there's no way this can end before you finish your book. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it is close. Jeff and I talk all the time about, you know, not only living a full life, but also trying to go through it with the least amount of regrets as possible. And it's one of those things that we always try and pass along, you know, to our kids. You want to try and create as many memories as possible. And then you want to make as the least amount of bad decisions as possible. As far as living life and experiencing life and experiencing people and things that make you happy. Your life has been amazing. Jeff mentioned the book, the, the first one, and we enjoyed reading it. And I, I think a lot of people wonder, you know, how do you go from a person that lives in a, in a small family town in Pennsylvania to Los Angeles to pursuing your dreams to all of a sudden changing your life and going back to the biggest city in, in the United States where things happen in New York? It, it's funny because so much has changed since the first time we've talked to you as far as getting to know you. Jeff and I consider oh, yeah. you a, a great friend and we were amazed but not only you know your energy and your ability to to transform your life as far as saying you're, you're going to minimize you're going to sell your car sell your house and you're going to make a run to new york but you said you know what i want to experience things on the on the other coast and, and this is my opportunity to do it as far as uh, where you are in your life right now what is it that makes you happy the happiest I've ever been in my life and it's it's hard to say that during a time where the world is under a crisis but it's not external it's internal are we still able to wake up and say we're happy is so important when we're in a dark time because you should still be able to be happy there's a there's a feeling of gratitude you know you have a roof over your head you have enough food and you're not struggling then what's there to be unhappy about and I think the more I simplified my life by doing all that minimizing and going from 4,000 square feet to 1,000 square feet, not having a car. I think the more I simplified my life, the more I simplified my mindset. And now I've really realized, like, I'm happiest now because there's nothing in my life that I only do for the money. And there was a time where I would take gigs, so there was a club, and I didn't like it there. I didn't feel safe there, and I would take it because I was getting paid. And at that time, that was my job. So... You know, beggars can't be choosy in a sense, and I had to be realistic and say, as long as you're in this world, you're going to have to accept these tasks that you really don't want to do. And now I've found this sweet spot 
where I'm really not having to accept any tasks I don't want to do. I've set myself to a point of simplicity where I don't need as much and I'm more comfortable. I also really love the people I'm around. I think you guys probably don't realize how much you inspired that. You know, it was people like you two and your your people and, and Sean at Cali Comfort and this, this group of loving people that I met along the way that really humanized me. And when you humanize me to others, that reflects back on me and it helps me validate myself and accept myself and continue to want to believe and know and grow in a different direction and say, I can do this because I want to do this and this is who I am, rather than staying stuck in a situation where I'm like, well, I really want to make that money. And now I'm past that and that really big evolution, that's one of the things I talk so much about in this book is just how it's shocking that I've been so curious through my whole life, curious about living in eastern Pennsylvania and knowing that other people had a cordless phone, okay? There were yeah. people in California on 90210, guys, that had a cordless phone. They had convertible cars, okay? These girls were walking outside during high school to go across the court. I knew there was a world out there. And the adult business really allowed me to see that world, and it really allowed me to get out there and travel and see and do but I think at 35, 36, and I started to reach 40, I was like, okay, you have some decisions to make. And what are they really going to be based on? Now I realize they're based on truly people that understand me and that factor that you, you, you humanized me. And more and more people saw me that way, and more and more people started to look at me in a different way, accepting me instead of disregarding me. And it took all of the steps of the people that I've met along the way to build this world that I feel like I am a force and I feel like a positive influence and I feel like people just feel my warmth and I and that's all I really want so I'm thankful to your listeners and to both of you for bringing me into your world and giving me one more breath of that life of oh it's there I feel it I love it and this is all I want in my life now I can't go back you know what I love about that is knowing you were coming on tonight I texted to about five or six female friends of mine I'm like hey Lisa Ann's back on the show tonight, so get your questions in, right? And That's a Lisa, great idea, by the way. Yeah, right? And they all yeah. wrote back. None of them took the bait. I was all thinking they'd take the bait and give me shit. None of them did. They're like, she's awesome. We love her. My ex-wife, who I'm still close friends with, goes, yeah, I have two questions for her. Number one, <laughs> how long does she need therapy for after dealing with you? And is it longer or shorter therapy after dealing with Dave? Oh, Right, how'd that feel? But <laughs> but you know what's funny about that, Lisa, is after you were on and we would we did the Alzheimer's walk, you came down and you were part of the event. I had two guys because I had a great picture of you with my sons, Jack and Cade, that popped off on social media and started giving me shit saying, Oh, you know, as a dad, you have somebody from porn, and I just lost my mind. I went crazy. I'm like, don't ever judge me as a father. Don't judge me. Fuck you, right? But the thing that's crazy is I flash back to August 1st, and I've talked about this a lot. That event was so incredible because Dave so and I— Dave, Yeah, Dave and I the went weather, in— the, the Right, the music. The sunset behind. Oh, everything about it. Yeah, disappointing Joseph. And for me at the end of that night, because so much had gone into it and I was just so mentally drained, at the end of the night, it was you, me, Dave, Josh, and my friend Erica. 
And my friend Erica, who had come down, came from a Chinese culture. And she was knew nothing about adult entertainment, right? Never cussed, never did anything. Right. And at the end of the night, we went and I had this bottle of Jack Daniels that had been given to, to me by the, the distiller, uh, Jimmy Bedford. And we started pouring it and I, you, me, Josh, Dave, we all mix it. It was incredible. And Erica did about three fingers straight of this Jack Daniels. And the next day where she had such a fast mind in business, you have a fast mind in business. I just cracked up the two people that meant so much to me from polar opposite lifestyles connected so much. And she would ask me in conversations like, hey, how's Lisa? What's going on? We got to do something. We got to get together in L.A. If you remember, we talked off air about moving the podcast to the Wilshire Grand. Yes. And we yeah, just, her heart. and just last week was the one year anniversary of her passing. And when I go to that Wilshire Grand, it's crazy. But the point of that being is that I wonder in your life if you have seen that, that the stereotype would be that you would be judged by women and that don't see scratch below the surface. When in reality, my experience has been that it's the men that, that try to, play holier than thou is that happen a lot or is that just here well, the men the men have more guilt because potentially they know me very well because we've spent many hours oh yes you have uh, so, so to them when i'm in front of them in real life it almost they're appalled right that's what i that's the vibe i get whereas women are a little bit more questioned with it, right? And there's a lot of things that go through their mind. What type of person could she be? Is she trustworthy? You know, and I get that because I understand a lot of the people in the world that I lived in and, and worked in for so many years are not all above board, right? So there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that. It's kind of like nightclub people sometimes get clumped into a scenario where it's like, oh, I bet you they do drugs, even though most of them probably don't. So I think. With women, it's more of a, a question mark, right? Or with men, it's definitely their own inner shame that they're projecting onto me. And I've really gotten better at that. Like, now when I see it and I understand it, I could just look at somebody and think, yeah, this person has – it's resentful to me because they feel guilty because of how much they watched me. They feel guilty because they know I'm a more satisfied human potentially than they are. Um, they're annoyed that a girl like me would never want to be with them. You know, there's like this whole list, and I just watch the ticker tape in the back of their eyes going, I'm like, yeah, man, this guy is going through it. Going through it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what's weird is, at serious, I get none of that from nobody. There hasn't been one strange interaction. And it's so cool for me. You guys don't understand. I have to use, you know, you have your key passes to walk up in the building. And every time I walk into that studio, I think about September 9th, 2013, when I did my first show and I had my IDs for the first time. And I walked in that building and I thought, who would have ever thought you would have IDs to get into a building like this, Lisa? Like, you have a real job. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, and I still feel that emotion. And I love my night show, my 10 p.m. show, because usually the building is pretty empty. There's the same late-night door guy, so I chatted up with him for a couple. I go up, and I'm in the coffee shop by myself. No one's there. And I just think, like, wow, I can't believe I work here. And every single person you walk by in the hallway says hello and asks you how your day is. And, I mean, I'm like, 
is this something that we're just everyone here is just friendly with each other it's like once you're in this bubble you know everybody looks out for each other and i gotta say like i love the people in the building and i love being there and i miss them all so much right now you know it, it's interesting because i read your book before we had you on the first time and when i, I went through a, a story that you tell in the book where you weren't treated well on a set and it was basically one of the actors that you were with and, and one of the girls that you had been friends with in the past that basically threw you off the set and without anything, just basically out, outside. And when I read that part, I was like, wow, that's terrible. Then once Jeff and I got to know you, and as I said, we consider you such a close friend, it pissed me off. You know, it really made, it irritated me that someone would treat a friend that way, someone we know that that would happen to you. Obviously, there's jealousy in the industry you were in before. Now that you have made that jump out of a very successful industry and you, you basically set the bar for what you did to now moving on to more mainstream, have you heard back from the people that you used to work with that you can tell there's a, a set of jealousy or at the same time that you don't hear from them because they're jealous that you've made this move? I keep in touch with about five people. Um, I would say I'm better at reaching out to them than they are to reaching out to me, but that I think they're the five people that I really enjoyed and that I want to make the effort to stay connected with. I don't want them to, in the back of their mind, think, oh, she thinks she's too good for us now. So I'm willing to do that work for just them. Um, and one of them is a makeup artist that I worked with who has a lovely family and, and went through a traumatic time with her husband who had a severe concussion and went through severe depression for about two years. And she just would say to me all the time, you know, Lisa, this is just another chapter in our, in our story. We're going to make it through this. Our kids are going to be fine. And there's, I have nothing but love for her. So I reach out to her a lot. Um, a couple camera people that I liked working with, but you know, when I went back for that year, to try to put my foot back in the water and, and see how it felt, I realized that I just really outgrew the business. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as much everyone. I don't want to blame everyone else. I want to say that I learned how professionals really operate in the workplace. And I realized, like, oh, this is where I fit in. I fit in when people say we're going to do something, and we do it. And we accomplish the mission. And there's a, there's a feeling of success in that. Whereas people in the industry were just kind of, you know, making money kind of a little bit lucky um, kind of some could be a little bit lazy. They weren't very valuable with time. So if they were 30 minutes late, an hour late, nobody really minded. And they'd show up like it was no big deal. Whereas you and I both, the US, you know, in the real world, being an hour late is a really big deal. Like if I did that three times as serious, I wouldn't have a job. But I got burned out by dealing with that mindset where I was like, I'm never going to grow. I've outgrown these, this mindset. I'm never going to continue to grow if I have to stagnate myself to stay in it. Yeah, it's fascinating because that's the other thing that changed since the last time we've talked and we've seen you. But since you were here, you went back and you went yep. back and you made movies and then you were you were back in clubs. And that's why I wanted to ask you. It's a perfect lead in. When you went back, was there the same energy? Did you have the same nerves or did it feel like? man, I've graduated from this, and while it's still fun to go back and show everybody I still have it, it's not the same experience that it was five years ago or any other time. You're exactly spot on with that. Um, I really did feel like it was arbitrary. I knew I had a mission to do it. You guys know that I went, to a, I went through an awful time with court and mm -hmm. some really bad things, which cost me a ton of money. 
And when I was evaluating this, I was like, okay, well, you can easily make that money back. Can you set a goal to make that money back so you can erase this? Because I was having a very hard time letting go of the fact that I worked for 20-plus years, and I lost 80% of that savings in one full year in multiple court cases. Like, lawyers scare me. Like, I now know what they actually cost, what a court case can cost, and all these things. So I set a plan. And it was about a, it was like a two-year plan down to a one-year plan. How could I do it the fastest? And I mean, I went hard. I was doing, I was shooting. I was dancing on the weekends. I was doing cam shows one day a week. Like, I was literally working seven days a week. I took that one month off. Remember when I took that month off to go to Italy? That yeah. was when I was thinking about how I could game plan this right before I saw you guys. And I decided that I would shoot my first scene with my own company because if I didn't feel good about it, I wouldn't have to release it. And I would take it from there and see if I could sell it to somebody or what I want to do. So that was kind of the process. And, you know, there were a lot of elements that I wrote a journal every night after each scene. There were elements that I realized, like, somebody's STD should no longer be a part of the conversation of my paycheck. So on one of the days to set, one of the guys I was working with, the producer calls me. She's like, so we've got to switch your talent. You know, your guy had a, had a flare-up, and I'm like, I sat in traffic for 45 minutes. The whole 45 minutes, I'm on the phone with her. She's sending me pictures of guys. Oh, now I'm going to have to work with a guy I don't know. I don't know anything about. I've got to do this. We have this. I'm in this traffic. But I, I that day, it hit me like, Lisa, an STD should not even be an issue of whether you're working or not. Like, right. why is this even, like, part of the conversation? So those were the things that hit me that never hit me that hard or with that kind of impact where I realized fight through it, get through it. But every day it was more clear that I've evolved to just be a different person and that I just want different comforts. And that was, I was so out of my comfort zone, whereas I had spoiled myself into this comfort zone that I'm doing again right now. And so it was a blessing that I was able to go back and recoup everything that I lost. And I was proud of myself for powering through it. And being able to leave the situation with no debt, with money in the bank, and then to sell my home in California. I didn't want to sell my home and then use the money that I made from my home as my savings again. Because I was like, now all this time was wasted and I couldn't let it go. So I fought that battle, but it was also a great test for me because it showed me you need to move because living in L.A. is too easy. You move to L.A. to get into the business. What else are you going to stay here and grow at? Nothing. You better go somewhere where you're going to grow. And that's where I decided New York. You know, it, it, the old saying is you can't go home is when you went back, you know, into the business for that short time, you know, not only are you going back after writing a book and, and basically saying your goodbye, but also you changed your body. You know, you have a huge fan base. Was What was the reaction of people when they said, wait a second, did she change her body? She looks a little bit different. And also, when you when you go back into it, it's crazy as it sound, is, is there nerves? Are you a little bit nervous about what people are going to think? I wasn't really as nervous about what people are going to think um, because obviously that's something I put away years ago or I wouldn't have been able to, to, to be this person uh, as I am right now. The body thing was tough. I mean, David and Jeff, I got to tell you, like, I got a lot of hate over the body thing. Now, you know, I reduced my boobs, and I, over about three years span, lost 55 pounds. And that wasn't me dieting and getting on a scale. That was me going from eating a paleo diet to vegetarian, and it just happened. And it just trimmed me down to the point where 
my doctor said this is the right size for your frame. This is a healthy weight for you. Um, I was carrying extra weight because being curvy in the business is so valuable. A director will tell you, you're either a skinny girl that has to stay skinny or you're a girl that the director and cameraman will tell you, you know, you're losing too much weight, you need to eat more. So there's this like weird gap you get put into. So I spend many hours on Twitter and on other things telling people like, how about this? You can watch content from 2014 and before. Don't look <laughs> at any of my new stuff, okay? <laughs> so follow an imposter that doesn't have any new content, and then you'll have everything you want. And then for the rest of you, like, this is what, but that was definitely, you are so right. That was definitely something. But yet, the more on the mid-range of people who are just casual viewers, they were the kindest people where they were like, hey, you look really healthy. Um, this is such a nice look for you. It looks like you've been taking care of yourself. So there was that. But we have this look. You know, the Kardashians have been still this, like, big butt. You know, everything's kind of fake. And, and, and everyone's kind of stuck on that look now. So if you're, like, a normal-looking woman, it's just not hot to regular guys. Like, you don't have enough booty. It's weird. Listen, I worked at the warehouse in high school. <laughs> I judged every guy that came through with his porn collection, Lisa, because, listen, I, I've said to you, I could have been the curator of the Porn Hall of Fame in the 80s in high school, me and my buddies, and we judged Hilarious. every guy when they came out because if they had Barbara Dare, they got the nod of acknowledgement. That's a good choice. Make sure you rewind it, Sticky. Get out of here. Yeah, and then. Right. And then if they showed up with that old goat candy samples, it was, please, get out of here. Down the street. Down the street. So, But the idea that these guys think they have any credibility, they're the pro wrestling fans. Stop it. Get out of here. Well, here's, what's, here's what's really funny about this is why were we not more keen to how disgusting it was that guys could rent a VHS and return it? Oh, you know what we did, Lisa? Sanitary? No, we, we we didn't know any different. This is what we would do. This is my warehouse move. I think I uh, Dave knows this. So guys would come in, they would return videos, and they would have Back to the Future, right? And they'd have like a Huey Lewis concert video. And then right in between, they'd have On Golden Blonde. And I'd do the same thing every time, Lisa. I'd hold it up. And I'd go, did she do this? And my buddy, boom. I'd say, boom. Hilarious. There's your girl. Hilarious. We did to every guy. <laughs> Look at your girl, Amber Lynn. And we'd be like, did you rewind this? It was just not, it was not sanitary. That we Nothing we did people. was. No. It's, a, I, well, it's amazing that coronavirus didn't break out in 88. For in people pulling the, Yeah, pulling those tapes out without washing their hands. Right in Encinitas. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's my question. I'm so fascinated by this world, and we never, we never ask you about it. But I had a buddy who went on set, and he told me this story, and it stayed in my head forever. He went on set of a movie like a, God, probably C-level porn, right? And he said, they told him, Lisa, so tell me if this is reality and how it works. They said, yeah, you can come hang out, bring a six-pack of beer, and bring lunch because you're going to be there a while. And he said, man, I walked in not knowing what I was going to see. He goes, I was all excited like a high school kid. And he goes, dude, I felt so out of place immediately because everybody was there working. They're on a time frame. And he goes, I just felt like the biggest creeper 
loud, you know, lingering around in the background. When you're on set and there's some weirdo that's there, and you can tell oh, there's this. There's no weirdo on my set. I learned that years ago. There's no creeper clause in you hiring me. You cannot bring your friends. They're not coming in. You do not have a job. <laughs> but there are sets that do it. Yeah. And I will tell you this there were a lot of girls in the business that would hit me up and they'd be like, oh, my boyfriend wants to come sit on set. Like, it was depending who it was. Oh. And what the scenario was, if it was something for the girl, I often would do it because if it kept her happier, I felt like we were going to have a better day. Um, But it was a problem. I remember when I had my agency, uh, it was a problem. There were a couple of really wild girls that had these super old guys that they used to, you know, you know, like a sugar daddy thing. Yeah. And the guy would be like 80 years old with an oxygen machine and he'd be sitting on a set and my male talent would text me from set and they'd be like freaking out at me telling me, do you know what I'm dealing with today on set? This girl brought her sugar daddy and I'm like, oh, you know, he's like, he's got a respirator, he's got oxygen. I'm like, yeah, that's awkward, you know, Uh, just get through it. But we never liked it. It's an extra person. And sometimes the homeowners try to stay on set. Oh. And they say, oh, I'm going to be working in my office. You won't hear me. But, like, yeah, we can hear you doing everything. You just ran the paper shredder, dude. <laughs> You're, like, printing stuff, okay? <laughs> we're, we're on a quiet set. The microphone can pick up everything. So I normally don't like the extra people around. Have you ever been on set and had to cancel a scene to say, you know what, this isn't going to work. We're, we're walking away. Yes, I have. Uh, it could be multiple reasons. Uh, one, I like to say, and you guys can picture the Wiley Coyote, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's like pushing rope up a hill. <laughs> okay, you got the visual there? You push a rope up a hill. I mean, it's really hard, guys, to push rope up a hill. Visualize that. So if that goes on for hours, eventually you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, we can get the rope up the hill. So that's not going to work. And then sometimes, you know, I would also inspect guys. And there was a couple times I had to send guys home because I didn't feel safe with something that I saw on them. Mm. Um, I thought maybe they were having an outbreak or maybe they had staph infection. Staph infection was something people used to hide a lot in the business. Um, So I was always like, you know, doing a body scan so I didn't catch anything. What do you have left to accomplish? What's out there that you haven't done? That's a great question. I'm going to write that down and steal that question. (laughs) What? Um, I'd like to be, I'd like to write more. After this book about myself, Mm. I want to stop writing about myself, and I want to start writing some fun books, Um, short release books, you know, things like a yearly book, whether it's topical, whether it's diet, fitness, wellness related, or whether it's just fun short stories. Um, I think I'd love to be in that space because people that read, I found a great connection with people that have bought and read my book. There's something different. They share other books with you. Like it's a different type of person that will sit in front of a book as opposed to television. And also I would just like to uh, continue, you know, spreading my love. I told my girlfriend the other day, I said, you know, I just want everyone to always feel my warmth, you know, and know that if you're in my circle and if I know you, um, that there should be a warmth you feel when you think of me. And so I'd like to accomplish that. You know, obviously, we've gotten to know you in a way we never thought we would. We thought we'd have you on for an interview, and then you would never talk to us again. But we've had a chance to have. Cool. How could I have done that? How could you do that? Because if you hang around Jeff long enough, you see why people slam doors. (laughs) So basically, we become, and I've said this now three times, we become very good friends and very proud of the relationship. But what I tell people all the time. You have no idea. You have no idea what a big heart she has, how much uh, time she gives back to Alzheimer's, 
how much time that she, she right away when Jake passed said uh, she wanted to be involved in Jake's projects. You've gotten to the point in your life where I think Jeff and I are in the same point where we say, you know what, the the second half, what can we do to make the world a better place? And, uh, you know, we've yeah. accomplished a lot for, I know Jeff and I were in radio, we're very happy doing what we do and we love doing it. We know you love doing it, but boy, in, in your free time, you spend a lot of time making the world a better place. And when I tell people what a big heart you have, they're, they're always kind of surprised because they just don't, don't expect it. They always think of someone that would probably be more selfish. Yeah, and I think probably the life that I saw made me visualize the life that I really wanted, you know, mm. and I, I emulate people who are kind and that do great things. You know, I'm, I'm a big watcher of Shark Tank, a uh, big yeah. fan of Lori and Barbara, um, follow everything that they do on social media. There's a lot of women out there that inspire me, and they're always being very active in positive ways, and even during this downtime, I've watched so many strong women uh, be be positive and be active on social media and be doing great things for other people, and it just feels right, you know? It's something that's like, especially now that I've simplified my life, I have even more time to give, and I have more to share and more to offer and more time to stop and take a phone call and sit with somebody that just needs to talk feels good to be less busy and be able to do all of that. And it's also like, what do we, what do you want your legacy to be? I mean, I hope that my legacy is bigger than being a porn star. You know, it's not that that wasn't a huge part of my life, but I hope that once, you know, I'm out and about for the rest of time doing other things and meeting other people, like how I met everybody through you and shared in that experience on August 1st, 2018, you know, those are big moments for me. And hopefully with more of that, my, my legacy will be, that she's kind and that she gives her time and that she shares. I don't have kids, guys, so I feel like I have even more of a responsibility to do more because you guys are working so hard with children and with helping other people with their children. And with all that entails, like, I should be giving back even more. Yeah, I'll say this. This this is another thing that was amazing when it came out. When Lisa showed up at Eastlake Country Club, and we had the event, and man, there's a couple hundred people there, and the Alpha Project's there, and Rancho Coastal, uh, Clean Water, the suicide prevention people. We, Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort, I just I just said, hey, come down and make pulled pork sandwiches. And he said, nah, man, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Sean donated all that money. That That's why we were able to raise $14,000 for charity when we set a goal for three to have Lisa there, Disappointing Joseph was there, Marshall Falk and Eric Weddle and Larry Fitzgerald and everybody else who stepped up. And we gave all that money out. But the amazing thing about that night that we still laugh about is we have, and Sean has them, we have incredible pictures from Lisa, right? Sampling the food, the peach cobbler, the whole deal. And we found out the next day that you had been vegan. And we go, what are you doing? And you go, Sean's there. I got to do it. It's the right thing for the event. And I go, God damn, if that doesn't speak volumes about who you are as a person and what you do for the, the fuck them, Lisa, if nobody gets it, then fuck them. The people that matter know who you are. The people in this Listen, audience know who you are. You know, it's an Italian family. It is almost criminal to not accept food that people <laughs> are giving you, whether you're hungry or not, you are eating that food. Okay. So when he would, 
but he gave me the barbecue. I was like, you know, and I told him, I said, I'm a vegan. This looks like great barbecue, and uh, I want to take pictures of this barbecue right now. So I'm going to eat. It was very good. I'm not going to deny that. And this is why I reached out to Sean. Yeah. I saw he put that great video out on social media. And so I'm doing a survey right now amongst my people, and about 20% of the people I know have been laid off or they're in the service industry in the restaurant or casino is closed. So I said, okay, I'm still working. So I'm going to take 20% of my income and I'm going to go city by city with people where I have great connections in radio and then buy a bunch of gift certificates from the restaurant that they love. And then with that, I'll send them out to their listeners and it'll be something for them to do, whether they want to do takeout or whether they want to wait till we're back out and about and they want it to be a date night. Um, also, can we get the shout out to Sex Bluger? Yes, you're God. <laughs> so I know I finally found out his real name, by the way. But when I took all of those photos at your event, I took a photo with his name badge because I was like, I will never forget you. And then during all of this going on, him and his wife have a beautiful baby, Penelope. Yep. Yep. And I was so excited when I saw Penelope. I'm like, this is just great news. Two of my friends have had babies in the past two weeks. And so I thought, well, you know, I should fleece Penelope and send a gift card to them, which I already did. Wow. Uh, so Penelope can take her parents out to eat. What other baby already has a Cali Comfort gift card to take her parents to dinner? And I made that happen because we met and I loved him. Um, but I had to eat the barbecue. I had to support Sean. I'm going to do this next in St. Louis. The following city will be Houston. And this is going to be a great way to put some money in the pockets of the restaurants that are really fighting hard to stay open. That is awesome. Love it. That is that's such, such a great idea. So, so, so cool. And one quick thing too, and Dave. I, can I also give props to, there were two people that got involved. Yes, I was just going to mention I it. Remember, yep, I remember Dan Williams because we had a great conversation at your event. And Bryce Miller, uh, they, for, they each... And uh, they got involved as well and sent nine gift cards. So I have even more to give out. I now have 19 gift cards to give out uh, between now and Sunday to um, your people. And I think this is just such a great way to share the joy. I love it. Bryce Miller, columnist for the Union Tribune, was there at the event. Dan Williams sponsors this show. And the crazy thing is, Lisa, you mentioned that my Monday through Friday gig, we, we've had people impacted. So as I'm working at home, you're not seeing anything on social media. And at 5.15 tonight, I was saying to Dave, I didn't know any of this had occurred. So all of a sudden, I look at my phone. I'm getting ready to come down. I was going to tweet, hey, Lisa's on tonight, not even knowing everything that's happening behind the scenes. But thank you so much for what you're doing. Bryce is, like I said, Bryce was there. Dan was there. And just incredible that we can support Cali Comfort. But, there, but you know, the other thing, too, is there are people that are struggling right now that may not, that are watching every dollar. And if we can yeah. put a gift card in their pocket, they can go out and support Cali Comfort and just get out and enjoy a great meal at the same time and not have to worry about picking up the check. Man, two winners in that. A lot of people win. It's a wonderful thing you're doing. Thank you. I also feel it's really important for us to be reaching out to our people who aren't working. You know, I have a lot of independent contractor creators in my life, and I've been trying to keep them busy with small tasks of editing little things like my, my bike riding video today. And also, you know, I think this situation, I don't know about you guys, but it's really shown me the difference between the optimists and the pessimists in my mm. life. How about you? Oh yeah. oh, yeah, you aren't kidding. Absolutely right. Hey, but Lisa, before before we let you go, there's, there's something I wanted to try to do with uh, different guests when they join the show. Jeff actually said something when he sat down. He doesn't even know what I'm going to say. But 
the deal is what who is the most famous name and number that you have in your phone because it was funny is i told my son i said (laughs) mine was shack and then he said shack's not the most famous one lisa ann's the most famous one on your phone who for you who's the most famous person in your phone O'Neal is definitely more famous than me. And by the way, uh, we like I you more. Watched, okay, but he was in the Tiger King series on Netflix. It's only a minute. I didn't realize Shaq owns tigers. Wow. I didn't know that either. So who's the most famous? The worst part is I really can't tell you. But yeah. I was just going to say. Uh, You have to protect him. Is it an athlete or politician or an actor? Any of those? Athlete. Athlete, okay. That's good work. (laughs) Retired. Retired. There you go. Retired. Joe Namath. Uh, All right. (laughs) uh, Here's your fantasy football question. Your fantasy football question is, who's going to have a better year next year with their new team, Phillip Rivers with the Colts or Tom Brady with the Bucks? to me with the Bucks, uh, I just feel the weapons that he has are just, you know, you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, who was underutilized yes. by Jameis Winston. You still got Cameron Bray right there. I can't believe they let go of Rashad Perriman. I think that, that Brady would have made good use of him, but I get it. Um, I just think Brady. And I also think this. Don't discount that all the naysayers that have been talking about Brady's become a dink and dunk quarterback. Listen, Brady has been in a transitional spot with his wide receivers for two seasons now. From the Josh Gordon experience, the Antonio Brown experience, to all these different things, he hasn't had a lot of consistency. He hasn't had a good tight end since Gronk left. And before Gronk left, he spent two seasons being on and off the field with injury. So Brady has not had what he needed to be who he really is. Now you get him down into a new spot with some fresh young wide receivers who do realize that they're going to learn a lot from this man. You've got a man who knows how to take care of his body like Tom Brady does, and you got a little bit of a point to prove. And I do not see him as a vindictive or spiteful person, but I do see him as a true competitor, and I believe he's going to go down there and make people really surprised at who he still is. Philip Rivers, I'm not sure how much gas he has left, left in the tank. I can't imagine having 10 kids and wanting to even move them. (laughs) So can you imagine? They must despise him right now. Where they're living compared to living in Southern California. Like, oh, that just sounds horrible. But I just think Tom Brady's got a better fit. All right. We can't let you go without promoting the shows. When are you on SiriusXM? Monday night is Lisa Ann does fantasy, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern time. Thursday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time is Sirius XM Fantasy Football. And Friday night fantasy is 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, all on Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius 210 XM 87. Fantastic. You are the absolute greatest. Like I said. Uh, you guys are. No, we, we appreciate this, the entire thing. It's so funny. Like, one of the funniest things, Dave and I went up. I, we took my son, Cade, and we went up and we did the Alzheimer's walk with Missy Martinez. Now, I hope yes, you're still— and by the way, I'm coming to California next year. It's October 3rd. I will be there for the Alzheimer's walk again. I will be coming there every year for that. It's be a routine trip. All we'll right. If we're invited, we'll be there. But my son— 
my son Cade walking with Missy Martinez talking about video games is the funniest thing ever. And I have this picture of, well, I've got Cade and Jack with Lisa, and then I've got Cade with Lisa and Missy. And Lisa, I've never forgotten this. I said, man, when he turns 18, my street cred's going to go way up. And you go, buddy, oh, you yeah. better figure out it's going to be a lot earlier. I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. You mean 14? You mean 14? Well, I remember when we did the walk down in San Diego. Yeah. Um, I had I was I was in the center, and I had them both going back and forth with me, and it was things like, what kills more people? And it would be like <laughs> a snake bite or a shark bite, and I would have to guess, and then they would tell me, you don't know, no, because the likelihood of this, and there's only this many of these. And we went... I mean, this was an hour-long conversation. Yeah. I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really did. I got to tell you, I loved every minute of it. Well, the cool thing is they love you for who you are without knowing anything about – all they know is you're on the radio and you're and dad and Dave's friend, and they just think you're cool as can be, as we do. What you're doing for Sean tonight is incredible. It shouldn't be a shock to anybody that has known you or has followed the path with this show. But we just can't say enough how much we love you, how much your friendship means to us, how much how funny it is to see Petra call you kid every day on social yes. media. That's yes. an inside yes. thing. It cracks me up yes. every time. But yeah, and we you know, when I had go ahead. When I had mentioned the optimist and the pessimist, this yeah. is a time for all of us to be warriors and be an optimist. We don't have a choice in this situation. We all want our family, our friends, our loved ones, our communities to be well. And the way to do that is to put positive energy out there, and that's what I think we should all focus on. Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. We can't we can't thank you enough for everything. We'll see you soon. See you soon, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Lisa. That is the great Lisa Ann. That was awesome. That was really cool having her on. Yeah, it's good. And it's it's just uh it's pretty wild, man. Like you said, there are a lot of different things. It's funny to think she hasn't been on the show in two years and it, it's look we do this from dave's garage we're not plugged in because i can see one of you dipshits bitching about the level we're just running it through a mac so hopefully you can hear everything and just ride with it do the best we can i will I, tell you this though since everyone's doing these shows from home now like mm-hmm. even stern and yeah. you're seeing the people on the news ours sounds a lot better than everybody else's right. everyone's with their fucking echo is ridiculous until we got to plug somebody in yes then it's a whole nother story but uh i sure appreciate what she did and and dan and bryce it's just uh incredibly incredibly cool for all of you and and to do a good thing uh for cali comfort and for the people in san diego I like it a lot it's been a weird week man it it's uh so, Dave, I don't know about you, but we're recording this on Thursday night. And just to be kind of in the house uh, is a challenge, man. It just it kind of, you know, like if I'm home, I want my sons hanging out. Yeah. And that's tough to do because they have things. So you'd like, God, you just feel like, I don't know. You feel like you're on house arrest, right? That's what it feels like. That's a good call. That's what it feels like. It's one of those where... For me, I told you, if sports was on, it would be easier. You know what I mean? Like, if today was yeah. opening day and I'm watching all the games, I'm, I'm having a great time. But then to know that, hey, you aren't supposed to leave the house, as I said, it's like going to a college that's a dry school. Yeah. And even though I'm not a big drinker, but being told you can't drink makes you want to drink. Like, being told you have to stay home makes you want to go out. Yeah, I would just say, 
the argument, there's arguments on both sides of it. I don't know where you come in. I would like to be back to normal at some point. I think everybody would, though. No, but you know what I mean. And the point of that being is, like, if they want you to stay home for four weeks, fuck, did we stay home for four weeks? So that I heard I heard Bob Costas say something, and, and I don't know. It sounded good. He said the, the problem was that it's been in different areas, and they have flattened the curve, and then people go out, and then that curve shoots yep. right back up, and you got to go back through it. And anybody who's had a cold or flu, right, and you go and you shake it, and then all of a sudden your punk kid brings something home, and then you get it again. You're just like, God damn, man. But I just, uh, Dave, we said it. When we were here Sunday night, Sunday night feels like two years ago. It's just every day, it's more impactful. And I know so many of you are fighting the fight, and we're just we're thinking about you. We're seeing a lot of emails coming in, and uh, man, we'll just we'll grind through it. We'll yeah. grind through it. We'll get through it. But yeah, it was supposed to be opening day today. I don't know for you. My first game was going to be Saturday night. My sons and I had tickets for Saturday night, and. But goddamn, when you sit there and you start feeling sorry, but not feeling sorry, but you're like, ah, I, I don't get to go Saturday yeah. night. And then you see Carl Anthony Towns, whose mother's in a coma. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's right like a kid who's both his grandparents died. Oh, man. Man. And the impact on all around the world. Yes. Just all around the world. So, no, you will not hear me complaining about anything like i said i miss my kids but um what's the one thing dave when thing goes we were talking about this my sons and i were talking about it yesterday saying when things go back to normal what are you most excited about and my i'll tell you what my son go said ahead. yeah I'm and then uh, my son Cade said he is looking forward to the feeling of being in a movie theater um when you can have the popcorn in front of you and the lights are going down and the movie that you're excited to see is about to start. That's what he's looking forward to. My son Jack said, I'm looking forward to being in Cali Comfort or Wild Wings yeah. or somewhere where you can go and there's TVs on and there's the energy of playoffs going on. And I said to them, what I am most excited about is that walk when you get down to whatever that is, Tony Gwynn Drive, and you've kind of, we come down 10th Avenue for every game. And you come down 10th and you kind of circle down and then you make that turn to kind of come to the front of Petco Park. And it's that energy. You're trying to figure out which gate has the lowest amount of people. And maybe there's a promotion that night. You want to make sure your kids get that promotion. But just that energy of getting ready to walk into Petco Park and, and, Getting to see a live ball game. What are you most looking forward to? I, I do. I miss sports. You know, I, and I know everybody has something. I told you on Sunday. I said, imagine if you have a, a daughter, or if, or if you're the one that's mm -hmm. supposed to get married, and you go, "Oh my God!" But yeah, for me, you know, we, for any coach out there, especially you know, guys that that coach baseball and. 12-year-old year of Little League is huge because it's the year that everybody thinks, man, we might have a chance to go to Williamsport. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. It's never coming back. And when it's out, it's out. And then so I, I feel bad for those 12-year-olds. I feel bad for the kids that I coach, like a bunch of other high school coaches out there who have the seniors that they aren't going to go play college ball. They yeah. aren't going to sit there and and uh, move on to the pros. This is it for them. And to know that, hey, man, I never got a chance. I think if I was in high school as a senior, it would drive me crazy knowing that I put so much time into 
this last year. Maybe this is the year that you're finally going to get a chance to play. And that year never happens for you. And you go, man, I I did four years of high school baseball. I thought my senior year I was going to get on the field. And guess what? I never got a chance to play. Mm. There's so many stories that you hear, but there's it impacts people. And you can go, uh, ah, come on, Dave. Right. People are having this happen and that happen. Man, your your life's a a storyline of memories. And one of those that a lot, one of our closest friends who supports uh, this show incredibly is my close friend, Tim Griffin. I've known him since eighth grade. We were talking the other day. He goes, you know when shit's going to get crazy is when they replay. Uh, he was in the College World Series with Mike Mussina. Uh, Stanford was in it, right? Yeah. What is that, 88? I think it's the 88 College World Series. Could be. He's like, that 88 College World Series gets on TV. And you go, fuck yeah. I go, dude, if that thing shows up, call me and let me know. <laughs> That's my buddy yeah. playing playing for Stanford. Yeah. Like, kids should be allowed to have their memories. Exactly. And it doesn't, we're not diminishing the impact that it's having yeah. across the world. But I'm also not going to diminish the impact that it has at a lower level for yeah. people like that that may not get hopefully they get an opportunity to get it it's just delayed but yeah i think about a lot of it college college listen i'll tell you this i didn't go to my graduation the the administration at sandy guido high school was so fucked up it's shocking that they don't invite me back for career day at any point (laughs) but they completely fucked me over my senior year completely fucked me over and even though i had plenty of credits they fucked me right to the last day when they said hey we're gonna let you graduate but you don't get to walk in the ceremony and i said i don't give a shit i've got tickets for eddie murphy tonight so while all of my friends walked the stage and heard their name including griff and and others i was at the fucking sports arena Watching Eddie Murphy. Was he wearing the leather suit? He had the purple suit on. <laughs> from uh, from whatever, whatever. Was it Raw? Raw, yeah. And and so you look back and you go, uh, would I have liked to walk? I guess. Sure, I guess. I hate graduations. But did it impact my life? Is it? Do I sit around and just bounce a tennis ball? What's the matter, Jeff? Uh, just think back. Fuck no. I didn't, <laughs> it didn't do shit. Do something else that night. If you're a parent and they're scheduled to walk and it's a virtual, then it's on you as a parent to make every one of those days more meaningful than it would have been to hear that boring-ass song and hear them walk across. Don't sit there and let it – don't add to the misery. Change it. My buddy Boom goes, hey, man, they fucked you. We're going to Eddie Murphy. He got tickets. We went down. And I laugh every day. Did he not go to the same school as you? He did, but he was a couple years older okay. than me. So, and he, we went down. Cool. And the next day I went and I had my diploma. I mean, yeah. I graduated from that fucking place. And listen. If they if they brought you back, would you pull the Eric LaSalle move? Remember Eric LaSalle from ER and Coming to America? Was, What'd he do? He, yeah, he was mean, invited back to his high school after he made it big on ER. And yeah. he ripped the shit out of everybody. And he said, well, don't listen to anybody over there. They all say you can't do it. They all say you won't be successful. 
Don't yeah. listen to any of them. I'm a perfect example of what can happen. I would have pointed out I loved the teachers I had and I loved the coaches that I had. Uh, Craig Bell, John Cannon, Danny Field, Chet Armstrong, Ed Wiley, incredible guys that were such a huge impact on me, and I love them. The teachers that I had were great. This is what we'll tell you about San Diego. When you and I were at Clear Channel in 2015, you remember that we were going through a studio remodel. Yeah. We had an engineer named John Rigg, and John said, hey, I've got all of this radio equipment, and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, you know what? Let me call San Diego because they used to have an on-campus radio station. And I called them, and I emailed them. And anybody who lives in Encinitas, you gotta, I, I don't think the principal's still there. Yeah. But in 2015, I reached out to San Diego, and I said, look, I'd like to give back. Um, and I said, we would like to come up. All we need is a small room, and we are going to build an on-campus radio station. And I'm telling you that me, Jagger and Christy, Chainsaw, whoever you need, Steve Woods, right? We would find anybody. Cole Lewis will have people from every demographic come up and be guest speakers. We'll all do it for free. We'll all mentor, right? There's a ton of people. And the principal at San Diego said, oh, man, that's a cool idea. I'll get back to you. Two weeks later, John Riggs says, hey, I got to get this shit out. What are we doing? I call him back. They go, oh, yeah, let me get back to you. They never got back to us. So, Dave, I'm much better than Sandy Guido because even though they tried to fuck me over, I tried to build an on-campus radio station for free at that fucking academy, and those dickheads couldn't do shit. They're the same place that changed. Dave, Encinitas School District so fucked up. Sandy Guido High School is where Tom Dempsey went. Right. Yep. It's where Chris Hillman of the birds. It's where a bunch of people, Tony Hawk spent a little time there. Eddie Vedder spent a little time there. We have an incredible history at that high school of people that have gone through there, including my man, Tim Griffin, that we all should be proud of. And Encinitas, because they had nothing else to do, took away our legacy of being San Diego high school and made it San Diego Academy. Yep. Why? None of us went to San Diego Academy. But they're so fucking bored, that's what they did. So, fuck them. They're dumb shits. And if you live in Encinitas, you ought to call them and be like, who the fuck's holding the brain in this school? Because our favorite radio guy was going to build a fucking on-campus radio. And I'll tell you the other thing, now that you got me all riled up. Yes. I probably could have been talked into teaching those kids how to make $5 pot pipes up in Woodshop. Continue to give back. Right. It's fucking legal now. Yeah. And you don't get Head affordable, well-made, made in America, like Toby Keith preaches, <laughs> good old-fashioned weed pipes. And goddamn, I made them and we stood behind them. Quality. Like we, Dave's Lee jeans. We stood by them. <laughs> Lee jeans. I read Lee jeans. Yeah, you did. I swear to God. I've had a couple of Wranglers in the past because <laughs> my mom said they were the cheapest. Tough skins. Jesus. I had tough skins too. All right. the colors. What color? Red? I had red, I had green, I had brown. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing wearing brown. Yeah, fuck. we know what you were doing. Yeah, wearing, wearing my, I was the Padre fan. I don't know what to tell you. Fuck, uh, I did. I had all the tough skins. And my mom wouldn't buy new ones when you broke holes in them because as soon as you slid one time, you yeah. had a hole. She always put, bought that patch. You know that patch? Yeah, it's the 
fake denim. Yeah. Heat like, it on and it would always peel off. Yeah, I'm like, it doesn't even match. What the Sucks. fuck? I got a blue patch. I got brown jeans. They, they didn't give a shit. They did not give a shit. I think they were trying to get me to run away for years. <laughs> I told you, when I was like six, I hated Farrell's and my mom had a birthday party at Farrell's. I'm telling you. That's all fucked up. If your parents did anything to you yeah. that scars you, here's the greatest revenge. Have your own kids and tell them. <laughs> tell them everything. Because they will torture. Your your parents will love grandkids more than they love their own kids. That's true. That's a proven fact. That's true. There's science. Ivy League studies have proven that. <laughs> so all you have to do... Is if you look back and you go, God damn, I broke my foot. My mom told me to walk on it. I tore an ACL. She said it was sprained. Yeah, they're not going to listen when you whine about it 20 years later. However, yes, when you bring grandkids into the equation, you're like, you know, your fucking grandma did. Okay. Does your grandmother, does your grandmother, does your mother admit to it? My parents yes. always say, oh, well, that never happened. I'm like, that's bullshit. hundred percent happened. Oh yeah. Cause there's two of them and they know I'm a trustworthy source. <laughs> All right, I got a lot of names for Let's today go. on March 26th and how old are they and how much they're worth. Before we get to that, I want to mention Dan Williams. You just heard Lisa tell you, Dan's one of the guys that stepped up. He's the one that's going to help you eat for free at Cali Comfort. But Dan's also your guy for finances. Most importantly, you got to give Dan a call. I know a lot of people are calling Dan right now because they're very confused of what's happening in the market. At the same time, he has told you that he wants to get you out of that rental market and get you into a house. There's so many questions to ask Dan right now. You're crazy not to call him. My own son called him the other day minute and a half that's all it took i was looking at yeah. my phone when i'm done with dan i have a financial question always less than a minute usually he's able to help me out he doesn't bullshit around he gets right to your problem and he's able to solve it for you again dan's number is 858-688-6813 858-688-6813 i'm going to read you the email that i got from dan the other day and i've done this on sunday night but i'm going to read it again because it's really really important with everything going on in the financial strain uh, this is what Dan said for all of you. What we are stressing with our clients right now is now is the time to focus on cash flow. Yes, you are 10 years into a mortgage and you want to get a 15 year to pay it off early, but maybe that's not the right strategy for 2020. Pay off some debt, stretch your mortgage to 30 years, could reduce your monthly payments $1,000 like a client I'm helping right now, 2021 or 2022. We can look back and focus on the early payoff, but in my eyes, mortgages are like stocks. Different times call for different strategies. I'm here to help anybody who needs it, even if they don't work with me, just want to be a solid resource. And that's Dan right there. And we told you 858-688-6813 to help you put that financial plan in place so that uh, as we move forward through 2020 and into 21 and 22, you're set and ready to go. All right. The other guy you need to talk to after you talk to Dan, you have to talk to Brian Curry. Brian Curry is still right now in the real estate market. And he's trying to help you out. You're driving around the neighborhood and you're seeing these houses and they're on the market for you to choose from. They don't last long. You look and see how long have those guys uh, been putting that house up. Usually it says zero days or one day is right next to it when you look online. Brian Curry is the guy to help you sort things out. You have to act in a hurry because right now is a great time to buy. Again, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. And Dave, I, th I think the important thing is, too, as we talked about with Brian Curry, is you have to have somebody that has been there and understands what is going on. 
And uh, this is the message right now from Brian. It's not business as usual, but that should be expected. The focus will be we'll make adjustments that are going to impact your clients in a positive way and being available. Uh, right now, the, the biggest thing that they're going to work with you on is that it's going to pass and it's going to be okay. Banks are bundling in the burlap sacks for the great Corona rate heist of 2020. It's a great time to buy a house and, uh, and just really looking out. So I just think when you have so many questions about, hey, should I buy? Should I sell? Is the price is going to drop? Are the prices going to drop if you're a seller or a buyer? Man, you need somebody who's been there, has a little bit of dirt under their nails, has a little bit of grit behind them, and that's our friend Brian Curry. Absolutely. And as I deal with Brian on a regular basis for personal use, because I'm looking for that perfect house, we always look for that house that we say, well, the next call is going to be calling Alan Taylor, Taylor Made Pools. We're looking for a backyard that we can build that pool finally. Never had a house with a pool ever. Taylor Made Pools can build that perfect pool for you, just like I'm hoping they will for me. I know Alan Taylor is standing by at 619-449-4452. Remember, right now, construction does continue, even through the coronavirus, 619-449-4452. Yeah, I think a lot of us have probably figured out a lot of things <laughs> about your living situation, right? When you spend... As much time as I do or any of you do in the commute, man, you leave early in the morning, you get home late at night, you're trying to deal with kids, dinner, and then next thing you know, the alarm's going off and the next day's here. Well, man, when we're all in the house, you go, ah, maybe I'll sort out that closet or maybe I'll do this project or do that project. And then all of a sudden you look at the backyard and you go, well, I got to tell you one thing, Emily, <laughs> that's a real shithole back there. <laughs> what do we got? A couple of it's crabgrass. I don't like that at all. We got who the fuck bought us lawn darts? You think I'm going to sit out there when the whole goddamn world's nervous and I'm going to throw a plastic dart in a hula hoop and act like I'm fucking excited because I got two points? Get Alan Taylor on the phone. That's right. That's all it takes. <laughs> I wrote and produced that small play myself. I like it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, get a goddamn pool. And who knows who comes scratching at the door. You know it'll be those college girls that can't go down to the beach in Pacific <laughs> Beach anymore. Right? You send the old lady over to Costco. Yeah. You tell her, hey, I think Costco just got some of those uh, Clorox wipes you've been waiting on. She's going to go down there. It's going to take her two hours to get in. And then guess what's going on? Kitty and her friend Sally from San Diego State are going to show up with a 12-pack of Pacifico and some Hawaiian Tropic. But it's not going to happen if you don't have that pool, shithead. Exactly. No bones. No bones, guys. You don't fuck around. No. God damn it. I can't make the call for you. Please. Kyle Fluker is the guy for that perfect website. What are you waiting for? Look, he's done our websites. You've heard us talk about them, the DaveAndJeffShow.com, also Jake'sProjects.org. He can build a perfect website for you and your business. 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. Uh, we got a brand new site. Kyle and I just got it approved with our editor. I mentioned him a couple of times. He's my biggest impact on the new sites. Hot chicks that don't have coronavirus.com. <laughs> <laughs> no social distancing with any of these girls. It's all coming. You'll see a side profile, quick bio, and maybe even a video chat uh, function available as well. Nobody better than Kyle. 
Uh, give him a call, 619-500-6621. All right, here we go. March 26. How old are they and how much are they worth? First one on here is Diana Ross. Mm. Still take her now? I probably would, just to say I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who she, I mean not, she doesn't have that. What do you think her resume is? You think Mar- Marvin Gaye is down there? I'll Barry Gordy's down there, right? Yeah, I bet you both of them are on there. That's hilarious. Smokey Robinson? Of course. Coxman. God. He's a sportsman. Uh, Diana Ross, 78. Pretty close, 76. Oh, shit. I just killed my chances. She's worth, I don't know how many she wrote, but I'm going to say 60 million. A lot more than that. You want to try again? 204 million. 250 million. Damn. 250 million. Uh, my first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 30, she came in. Helicopter. Really? Dude, she was outstanding. And that's her daughter on that show, right? Yeah, not very good looking. Wow. She's not. Wow. Come on. I just, I'm not. Do you disagree? I'm not going to get into this kind of discussion. (laughs) Trying to keep this game light and fun for people that are stressing out right now. Steven Tyler. Damn, this is a good one. Steven Tyler. 63? Older than that. 67? 72. No shit. Yeah, 72. Doggone. How much is he worth? He wrote a lot. $150 million. Uh, 130, 130 million. I almost said close, but there's a, 20 million is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So $130 million. All right. Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney, uh, 50. 52. 52. God damn it. $270 million. I have $190 million, but I, I think you're probably closer. Because for years, made, you heard he was making $100 million a year. Dude, he makes a ton of money. Seems yeah. like a pretty good egg, huh? Everyone says he's a good guy. Uh, really good dude. So, okay, Von Miller, Denver Broncos. Mm. Former Super Bowl MVP. 29. 31. Damn. Uh, $80 million. 40 is what it says. Ah, he's got to be worth I more agree than with that. You. I bet that's just the guaranteed money deal. Yeah, he's got to have some four eyes endorsement right <laughs> remember that he, store he, four yeah. eyes yeah he looks like the biggest store going when he wears those but you rip your kent. head off Dude, yeah he, he could is. be clark kent he could be that's a good call he's cool man i like that guy. all right when i was a kid this guy came to my friend's birthday party and everybody freaked out leonard nimoy who's leonard dead nimoy. D- died in 2015 oh, fuck. mr spock 85 how old would he have been let's see he was born in 1931 31 so that you would have been 89 89 correct? damn it how much was that bigard bastard <laughs> worth um 50 million close this one 45 million all right all right got two left on here all right leslie mann do you know who leslie mann is is she uh married to judd apatow absolutely right so she's got her money and his money well uh, well if you want i can combine them yes because i know how much he's worth too i looked it up just for that man i, I just that. saw her in a movie that was insanely bad like some movie with her and paul rudd and he watched like 10 minutes of it it was really bad they were in 40 year old virgin together too well that movie was funny yeah, that movie was funny um how old is she 54 48 fuck how much <laughs> am I? I'm going to ask you, how much is she worth? How much is Judd worth? Judd's worth a lot, man. Producer. I'm going to say Judd's worth 170. 90 is what it has for Judd. Ooh, dude, he produced all those I movies. I know. 
She's got to be worth, what, 40? Did you hear Judd tell the story to Stern last week about Steve Martin? His mom took him in front of Steve Martin's house and he asked no. for an autograph? No. And Steve Martin comes out and he goes, I don't sign autographs at my house. And so he wrote him this nasty note of ripping Steve Martin. And Steve Martin writes, but I didn't realize I was speaking to the Judd Apatow. The guy's like a 14-year-old kid. Complete <laughs> asshole back. And now they've become friends. And they, they, it's great. funny as shit, but it was, it was a great story. Ninety million for him, Leslie Mann. You want to take a guess? Yeah, I said, uh, "Fuck, what'd she make in every movie? Three million, probably." I'm going to say she's worth uh, twenty-two million. Twenty million. All right. All right. So this next one right here is the most most controversial one. All right. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. That's the last one of the night. Shit. Uh, she is. Oh shit! Seventy. That's funny. She's older than I thought. She's older than seventy. Is she? Yep, and she's worth a little more money than I thought. Yeah. Got about 77? 80 years old today. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Really? Nancy's 80. Well, no wonder she took the day off and didn't get that fucking plan done. So she could go to Dave and Buster's and play fucking Poppy Shot on her birthday. <laughs> How much is she worth? Uh, 70 million. $120 million. What the fuck? It's like, what are you still working for, right? Yeah. How'd she make her money? Who knows, man? None of the, all those politicians are loaded. And you just go, how did that happen? Hey, uh, one quick note. I look forward to a public apology from former Chargers PR representative Bill Johnson. Okay, good. Because in 2004, on this show at ESPN 800, while nobody else was in, who was here in that time? Was Kaplan here yet? Yeah, Kaplan was here. He was at 690, right? 1090 by then. Oh, were they already at 1090? Yeah. So Darren would have been here. Yeah. But none. Uh, nobody said what you said. Nobody fucking said what I said in 2004 on ESPN 800. And what I said was, you better get ready because this team's going to move to L.A. They're going to change the uniforms to powder blue full time. And they're going to put the Greek symbol for fuck you on the helmet. You did say exactly that. That's what I said. You did. I'm and your witness. Bill Johnston called me. Oh, he was rattled. And he had like, now he had like three other things that he thought I had said. Jeff, did you say this on the show? And I go, no. And he rattled off the other two. Did you say this? Did you say that? I go, no. Did you say we're moving to L.A.? We're going powder blue full time and we're putting the Greek symbol for fuck you on the helmet. I go, yeah, I did. God damn it. And he goes, all right, do me a favor if you can. And I didn't have, I didn't ask for a credential. I didn't ask for shit. Cause if you remember, all we did was talk Raiders on that yeah. show. But he goes, Hey man, you would make my life a lot easier if you just left the Greek angle out. He did say that. And I said to Bill, who to this day is one of my favorite guys, I said, you got it. And we did. It doesn't change the fact that in 04, I fucking said they're moving to L.A. and they're going powder blue. Yeah. And what did they announce yesterday? They look exactly like you said they were going to look. Yeah. Every, everything looks the same. Now, their uniform, they're, they're, it's A.G. and John. They're going to fuck it up. Like, they can't. <laughs> They cannot. Now's their chance to get it right because everyone's so mad about the Rams. Well, I was going to bring that up in a second, but if they refuse Dean's pride 
will not let him just say the uniforms that Baron Hilton invented for the 63 AFL team are the coolest uniforms and we're just going to do those and everything's fine. Dave, I saw a picture yesterday, and again, you see a lot of things leak where it looked like the helmet was powder blue. Yeah, I think that's fake. It's got to be, right? Yeah, I think that's fake. Although knowing these fucking you're, you're dummies. Right. they would have fucked it up. But Stun, you have my number. It's the same number I've had for 15 years. So if you want to call and apologize tomorrow and be like, hey, they haven't put the Greek symbol for fuck you on the helmet yet, but you know what? You were right on the other two. I'll accept that call with pleasure. <laughs> but Dave, I got to ask you about the... Okay, wait. Before I get to the Rams, did you see the Tampa uniforms? No, they came out today. Okay, these have been leaked, and it's leaked that they're going back to go orange and white. Wow, Doug Williams style? Yeah. Wow. They are really cool. Now, again, I don't know if they're real or fake, but the ones that I saw leaked look pretty goddamn cool. Almost like uh, University of Tennessee. Wow. But then. Do they have the the guy with the sword in his mouth? Yeah, old school. That's awesome. Now, again, we don't know if it's true. I heard five teams are changing. The Rams, the Chargers, the Colts. The Colts are changing. The Colts are changing. The Buccaneers and uh, one other team. I can't think of who the other team is. But for me, I thought with the Rams getting ready to move into SoFi Stadium, the ones that I was hoping they were going to do were fearsome, foursome, Roman Gabriel, go old school, navy and white. I saw a guy at a game in a Coliseum, Davey, had a throwback Navy jersey with the white ram on the shoulder. God damn, it was so simple and cool. It reminded me of a Yankees jersey, and it looks like your team's going to fuck it up again. See, I like the ram uniforms with uh, the royal and the gold, the ones they wore, the ones they wore in the Super Bowl when they lost to the Patriots. The those St. Are my, Louis those, ones? No, not the St. Louis ones. Not the Vegas gold, the yellow. The Vegas gold is St. Louis. They went to those when they went to St. Louis, and they changed it up after they won the Super Bowl. But are you talking about the ones they wore the ones in, in that, Atlanta at the game yes, I was at? Yes, exactly. The ones that yeah. were in Atlanta against uh, against the Titans. Okay, gotcha. But uh, for me, those those are my favorites. I know which ones you're talking. Those are like my dad's generation. Yeah, for, for me, my those. generation was the royal with the yellow. I, you know, Eric Dickerson, who works for the Rams. Yes. Has gone on ripping the shit out of him. He's been killing him. He killed him on uh, Fred Rogan's show the other day. And he came out with two logos yesterday that yeah. looked better than what the Rams had. Right. They, they looked really good. He's like, retweet for the left, like for the right. And I was like, they're both great compared to what the Rams came up with. Man, oh, man. I don't know. I was looking at uh, I was looking at season seats just trying to see how expensive they are because oh. of everything that's going on right now for both the Rams and the Chargers. And then uh, I was told, hey, th- this is the price of the tickets. Not bad, but you got to pay the PSL. You're, yeah. you're, you're fucked. There's no point of ever doing it. Just buy individual tickets if you ever want to go to a game. Yeah, because, yeah. Like, just, there's no way you're going up there 10 times a year and then you got to try to sell Chargers tickets. Yeah. Right? For doing that and Rams tickets. Uh, the other thing that happened um, since we we're last here is Steve Ballmer bought the forum. Yep. Now, we t- thought. That it would be a huge number. We, man, I was like, this has got to be 700 million up to whatever. Yeah. Dave, to me, the number was that high because the parking lot for the forum, which is directly across a small street, it's not a huge street from the new SoFi Stadium. To me, that parking lot is a gold mine. And I remember. When Frank McCourt was selling the Dodgers to Magic Johnson's group, the one thing that was a sticking point was McCourt wanted to keep parking lots yep. 
because you don't have to do anything. You hire five guys and you put them at the different entrances and all they do is take the money and that's all you got to do. Balmer got it for $400 million cash. That's it. That's MSG it. is out. So it clears the path for Balmer to build a new arena in Inglewood. He said the forum will stay. He's going to keep it as a music venue because it's regarded as insane acoustics for anybody who's seen a show up there. How amazing that when you have $57 billion, Dave, you can just give $400 million cash. That might be the smartest move James Dolan has made in 10 years, right? Oh, yeah. Just get out. I uh, mean, you probably could have got more money. Well, you got to think if you're Bomber, you spent $400 million, you're going to have to now go ahead and build all the luxury boxes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's a huge remodel to do. No, fix he, the he's of it. leaving the forum as a music venue. Oh, and he is. He's, he's gonna, not. Oh, I got you. No, and he's going to still build his basketball arena. That makes sense. On the other side. So his two arenas are going to bookend. The new SoFi State. Okay, that makes 100% sense. God It's damn. funny. I've been looking for the Buccaneer uniform ever since he said that online, and uh, I can't find it anywhere, but now I'm going to get a million things on Facebook of Buccaneer uniforms. Yeah. Fuck. Use your bucking head. <laughs> right. We're coming back on Sunday? Uh, we will be back on Sunday. Until then, everybody stay safe. Like we said, uh, please follow Lisa Ann. Sticky fingers. I know you all do. Sit back. Oh, what? Oh, what does she do? Yeah, fuck off. Follow her for your chance to win a gift card to Cali Comfort. I know Sean would say this too. We hype Cali because they're our friend. There are a bunch of local restaurants around town yes. that need your help. So if you can, yes, support Cali Comfort. But Sean's fighting the good fight like they all are. Find the little guy in your neighborhood, too, whether it's just going out. And it could be anybody. Anybody who's a local business that's open, if you can get in there, especially the mom-and-pop stores right now, if you can get in there and do a little something for them, man, I know they would sure appreciate it. But, yeah, Dave, uh, stay safe, stay low, stay home yes, so we can get through this thing. And then uh, we'll uh, I'll sneak back down here Sunday night. We'll do another show. Good deal. See you then. So